Welcome to Everybody Has Shit. I'm Kim Reed. This podcast is an open invitation to put your wellness on another level. You no longer have to keep your autoimmune disease or whatever it is that's holding you back a secret. Secrets hurt us. Everybody has shit, so let's all get better together. Let's all try to overcome the challenges we are facing and live our best life. Here we go. This is an interesting interview. I think I'm aware of so many options for better health, but happily, I'm not. Kelly Russell is a psychological kinesiologist. In essence, she listens to what your body is telling her. Not your thinking self, your brain, but your body. And this is the way she heals. It's fascinating, and I know you're going to find her so informative. Let's get to it. Kelly Sullivan is... Okay. So this is awesome. So Kelly Russell <laughs> is here, and um, she does something that I'd never heard of. And you're a psychological kinesiologist. You have to be very... Um, intentional when you say that. True. That doesn't just roll out of the mouth. Tongue twister. So I wasn't sure what to expect when I showed up at your house for a treatment, but you're so um, comforting, your voice and everything on the phone after talking to you. So I had to see what this was all about. So can you first just explain exactly what you do? Sure. I help people get to the root of issues to determine if there are underlying stressors that may be caused from past traumatic events. And we can access those programs and release the stress around them. So it's kind of like um, emptying this murky glass of water that may be causing something. And then now that we have this open glass of water, well, what are we going to fill it with? And this is where we fill it with positive subconscious beliefs to support whatever it is that you want on the other side of what you're experiencing. So if you're in pain... You want to feel great. You want full mobility in your body. If you're experiencing stress or anxiety or inner turmoil, you probably want bravery or resilience or confidence in order to move through life. So it's a way to access those programs, diminish the stress, and then put in the good stuff so that we can get through life a whole lot better and more fun. <laughs> so no, this is good because you want positivity, but it's really tough in, in the world we live in. There's so much of it not out there. You have to look for it, but it is there. But so your process is getting to the trauma or the negativity because you think that that plays a part in our health. True. So when we have these stagnations, either in stuck energy, so we are electromagnetic beings and We've scientifically proven that thoughts have waves and that there are higher vibrational patterns versus lower vibration, and that can create stagnations within our body. So there's that aspect of it. Um, and when we have these stagnations, and that can lead to stress, pain, illness, even disease. Now, we couple that with a system who's in constant fight or flight. We have these old trauma patterns that are running in the background all the time. And so you have a compromised system that is, you know, playing these things on repeat. I, I liken it to you have your, your telephone, you know, our cell phone, and you have these apps on the phone. And it's like having these old background apps that are constantly running, that are draining your energy, mm -hmm. that you're not even aware are still there. Or so you, you need have, to delete them. You need to get access the program and either put them to sleep or 
get rid of those old programs and update there, them. There's so many uh, different, I would say, interferences being ran on a daily basis from people, like from when you wake up because of the cell phone. When you used to wake up, again, I'm an old man, when you <laughs> used to wake up, there was a rotary phone or a cordless phone that didn't have a screen. There's so many different things now. Like as soon as you wake up, you're being bombarded with something, totally. even outside of the daily stress. How does that, how does fighting that help you help people? How does fighting the daily stress? How does fight, how does, let me rephrase the question. Yeah. How does, how does, how do you help people Fight the this, the outside uh, uh, distractions that could knock off someone's energy level or someone's someone's mojo, so to speak. Yeah, well, so we have to first understand how the brain works. So some of it is mindset training. Like we know that the brain tends to think eighty percent negative thoughts, and we have about seventy percent repetitive thoughts. It's like the same things that are running over and over. And the brain is there for planning and protection. That's what I look at. It's, it's doing a good job at keeping us safe, but sometimes it's safety at all costs. So if we understand, okay, this is how the mind works and it's constantly chattering at you and it's telling you these things and some of them are not very good things. Um, first, we just recognize, okay, it's just the brain's job. It's trying to keep me safe. So then... I'll either look at it with humor. Sometimes I'll just take my hand and pat my head and I go, thank you, brain. All right, now let's get on track again. Or I'll look at it like, okay, this is my inner child having a chance to speak about all these stressors that are bombarding me. But then I think, well, now can the voice of wisdom have a chance to speak as well? And then we can access some higher functioning thinking. So one of them is just kind of recognizing what the brain does, but then we have to determine, well, how do we want to experience the day instead? We can use strategy. For example, I will put my phone on the other side of the room with an alarm so that that's not the first thing that I see and that I will not be a slave to answer other people's emails in my inbox first. I can determine how I wish to run the morning. Mm -hmm. So I can say, well, I'm going to use a restroom. I'm going to sit down and meditate for 15 minutes. Then I'm going to grab a cup of tea or coffee. Then I'm going to decide what's the most important thing that I want to do today for my life goals, for what I want to accomplish with my life. And I'll focus there. Now I'll answer the email. Now I'll open the cell phone. Now I'll turn on the apps. So some of it is just strategy determining what takes your energy and what gives you energy mm. and how you want to start your day right. But with these tools that I use, we can access those programs. And let's say that you came to me because you're feeling distracted. You're like, I know that I should be doing these things in right. the morning, but that phone, it calls to me. So then through the tools that I use, we can say, you know, is there a trapped emotion that's causing you to reach for the phone first thing or causing you to be so distracted in your morning that we can release? And through muscle testing, which is what I do, that's the kinesiology part, we can ask the body, is there some stuck energy? Is there a trapped emotion causing you to do that? And your body mm -hmm. will either say yes or no. If so, what emotion is it? If so, where did that emotion come from? Is it something that's going on at home or at, at work? Is it something with your partner or your child? Is it something from your past, from when you were nine years old? So we can ask your body these questions and it knows the answer. Um, so not only can we release that stuck emotional energy and we can see is, is there some trauma in your past that's causing you to be so distracted right now? We can get into that program and release it. But then I'll say, how, how do you wish to experience your day? 
So if I were to ask you right now, what, what would you say? How would you want your morning to go? <clears throat> well, I mean, I asked that question because I used to have that problem. But because <laughs> I, I have had to, and I think we've talked about this on previous podcasts, I, I don't look at my phone for an hour. When there I'm you done. go. So you've, you've strategized already. It's a, it's a train wreck. Yes. It's a train wreck. And so if you, I found that my mood and my, just my energy towards people is vastly different when I don't have my mood already being set for me by something that I've, I've picked yeah. up on my phone before I've even put my feet out of the bed. Exactly. And so that's been a big lesson for me. And so that's why I asked that question, because I think a lot of people don't even realize what they're bringing in mm -hmm. before they even get out of bed. Subconscious. Sometimes yes. it's not even a conscious move. The phone's right there. You grab it, you're sucked in. Mm -hmm. And now Facebook, Instagram is running your life. Mm -hmm. Heaven forbid next door. Then it's oh, like, oh, <laughs> oh God, oh. that's taken a oh. whole new path. That's silly. <laughs> so right. when, when we're talking about illnesses yes. and how to, I don't know if overcome or manage mm -hmm. is the right terminology, but you worked on me and you accessed things that uh, you think things are gone. Yeah. You know, you, you, you don't I mean, you hit an age with me. You said, go back and think of this certain time. And I I'm like nothing happened. And I'm like, Oh, well maybe something did that. That, we think we've forgotten about, yeah. But so cognitively, we've forgotten, but the subconscious, correct, has not. Yeah. So there's suppression and repression. One is what your physiology, or your physiology, or your brain does to take care of you and and help you feel safe. So these could be these traumatic events that it's like, oh, don't think about that. Don't go there. We'll store this in your mind someplace safe for you. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we also go to therapy, talk therapy. And we think, oh, well, I've had three years of therapy on that. That's obviously resolved. But this is the conscious mind. The conscious mind is controlled 5% of the time. The, the subconscious mind controls 95% of what we do. And that's where those programs are stored. So you could have worked okay, on- Okay, wait. Yeah. That's a big statement. Mm -hmm. Say it again. So we are conscious only 5% of the time. And 95%- Subconscious is running the show. So it's a difference between like a penny and an elephant. What do you think is going to be running things and taking over? You know, I mean, that's a very good point because if you really, if you really think about it, most of your day is on autopilot, yeah. like you rarely go out of the norm. That's why people are so defined in their comfort zones because people rarely leave the things that make them comfortable. Like in, if you sleep in a bed every night, you're not then going to sleep in a closet just for the sake of it. Like your mind and, and your body, your day is on repetition because the human repetition creates comfort and safety. And so it's really funny that you say that because I never thought about it in that term, but it's very rarely that you really have to make a new decision tomorrow because your, your life is really based in a routine of things. Like you plan things per schedule, like, Oh, this thing is scheduled. So the new thing mm -hmm. technically is not new because you prepared for it. Cause it's on a schedule. That's really interesting. I never thought of that. Yeah, true. Huh. So how is, are there ways that we can turn that on, turn on the subconscious so that is it, a, is it an awareness? Well, so now there are ways to access it. And when I did my master's in marriage and family therapy and my undergrad in psychology, they never told us about any of these methods. I had heard, of course, about um, hypnosis, mm -hmm. but it never intrigued me. 
And it took my best friend getting into a spinal injury and watching how it healed her, um, watching how this method healed my daughter that I was like, what is this that this doctor's using? What, how come I've never been told about this, that you could access the subconscious while in an alert state you can ask the body questions through a muscle test and get, it's just a binary code of communication. So with a muscle test, we're asking, is it a yes or a no? Is it true, false? Or we can check things like on a scale from one to 10, how stressful is it? Mm -hmm. Is it higher than a five or lower? Is it higher than a three or lower? So we can get to conclusions. And, you know, we're just asking the brain a question. It's scanning the supercomputer of you. You can test any muscle in the body, but most naturopaths, chiropractors, and kinesiologists, we do a simple arm muscle test. Right. So we're applying downward pressure on the arm. And if it's a strong signal, like if I have you say your name, your mind is going to send a signal down the arm and it's going to be a very strong signal because there's congruence in what you're saying. Mm -hmm. If I have you say, my name's Jerry, your mind is going to say, does not compute. No, it's not. Mm -hmm. And you will attempt to hold your arm there, but it's a disrupted neural signal that goes from the brain down the arm. So we get what's called a weak response and the arm goes down. So then we can start asking, you know, I, I call it a system. It's the body, mind, the gut, as mm -hmm. we know, is very intelligent and it communicates with the brain. It's the, the entire system. So we're asking questions. We're sending the question into our physiology and we're getting answers. So then we have tools where we can create shifts. We can create a whole brain state. Usually when we're in the state of stress, we're either over-mentalizing, spinning out in the left hemisphere of the brain, or we're very emotional. Um, and just um, our emotions have taken control and we're missing the logic of the left side. So in these methods that I use, we do brain balancing techniques. You might call them brain gym techniques so that we activate both hemispheres of the brain. And then we also do some nervous system calming, some breathing at the same time. Then we can access a program and say, hey, you know, is there something that's causing this illness? Is it, uh, is it a trapped emotion? Is it some stressor that I haven't dealt with that's taxing my system, that's creating... Uh, either a blockage or, you know, if you read Dr. John Sarno's book, it's called The Divided Mind. He has passed away, but he was a New York physician that saw 10,000 um, patients. And he determined that 80% of the reason they had these illnesses stemmed back in emotional things that happened in childhood, uh, especially those things like Lyme disease, fibromyalgia, um, these autoimmune diseases that are very hard to pinpoint. Mm -hmm. Often these were from people that were people pleasers in their family. They gave up themselves for others. They put their own needs to the back end. And then these strange illnesses would start popping up. So it's a great book for your audience to read if they're interested in how the mind can create things like pain in the body. Right. Um, and he surmises that the, the body actually depletes energy, uh, depletes oxygen in that certain area. It cuts off the flow of oxygen so that you feel a pain point so that you start addressing things. And the way I look at pain sometimes is like, it's your check engine light going off. It's like, Hey, there's something wrong here. You need to address. And then if we ignore it, then it turns into something bigger or we start having pain that jumps around. And then if we ignore it, it becomes an illness. And then if we ignore it, it can become disease. And we could just call it dis 
ease. Mm-hmm. There's, di- there's some imbalance that's often caused by stressors that fill up your bucket. You know, um, we say that with allergies a lot. It's like, you're doing great, you're doing great, but sometimes that bucket gets so full and then it tips over and now it's turned into an allergy or now it's turned into uh, an illness that needs to be addressed. So the stressors... <clears throat> can create Mm -hmm. some of these mystery or very bizarre illnesses. Imbalances in the body. Imbalances that, I mean, it seems like it's everywhere. I know. And I don't know if it's just because more people are talking or if it actually is everywhere. I mean, autoimmune takes years and years to diagnose because either the doctor doesn't listen or you just are unable to pinpoint exactly what's going on. So this doctor believes that a lot of that is repressed. Is it stressors from early that's been repressed and that the body knows that? And, mm-hmm. and so what would trigger it? Would it be more stress that triggers it the onset? True. Yeah. So like I said, it's, it usually starts with a whisper. Yeah. You might have something where you're like, I notice I'm just feeling a little off or something's not quite right, or my energy is down or something. And, and often it's signifying that something in your life needs to change, but we'll ignore that signal. Um, I have a great example. I went for a single session with a woman who was getting debilitating migraines to the point where she'd have to leave work once per week and she was on really um, intense medications for this these migraines she was getting. And when we asked her body, is there, um, you know, at times I would ask, is it like the circuitry in your body? Is it the nutrition in your body? Is it something purely physical? Is it something emotional? And what her body pointed to was that it was a stressor. And I asked, uh, is it something going on in your personal life or with your family or something going on at work? And her system said, work. And then uh, she said, yeah, I work in a very stressful job. And I was just put it, and she worked in a, a company that does taxes and it was tax season. And she was put in uh, the really stressful department that she wasn't previously working in. And she goes, I really hate it. And she goes, I want to be a travel agent. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this. And so we asked her body, you know, is it the stress of this job and doing something that you don't enjoy and, and the pressure you're under, is that causing or contributing to the migraines? And her body said yes. And her body said it was like 98%. That's what the issue was. And she goes, yeah, but I can't change my job. She goes, well, I, I have this house and I have a new car and I have a swimming pool and I, I like to buy things and purses and clothes and I'd probably have to give that up if I get out, gave up that job, you know? And she said, right now being real estate, or sorry, being a, um, a travel agent, it's, it's probably be hard to get into. And a lot of people do this on their own now, so it's not going to be as lucrative. And we kept asking her body in a bunch of different ways. You know, is there something else that's causing it? Nope. Is there something else I could do? Nope. And then I said, well, we might want to consider making a change. And then she never called for another session. And I don't think she changed her life. She wasn't willing to create that change. Oh, yeah. Wow. When you see it helping people, like you said, it helped your daughter. You saw it helping your close friend. When you first got wind of this, and like you said, you said, well, why why no one ever told me about this before? What made you, outside of obviously seeing the actual response to it, what made you really dive right into it? I... The, the fascination and the miracle of it, like 
the story of my friend, we would meet for lunch every Wednesday uh, and, and she was hiking and she jumped from a boulder to another boulder and she chipped one of the vertebrae in her spine. They airlifted her off the oh. mountain and took her to the hospital. But after uh, doing their uh, diagnoses, they said, we're not going to do surgery. Your body will handle that little chip. You know, maybe uh, they just said, we don't think that we should do surgery for this. So I watched her over the course of two years. She was trying Eastern medicine and Western medicine. She was seeing doctors. She was seeing physiologists, nurses, um, physical therapists, and sports kinesiologists. So they're looking at the movement patterns of her body and helping her with certain stretches and exercises. That wasn't helping. So then she started seeing um, acupuncture, acupressure. She had this guy doing massage twice a week, but it was really painful where they uh, they take their thumbs or their elbow and rub into the ligaments and the tendons to try to loosen those up so that she could experience uh, you know the lack of pain that wasn't helping and um, she this this woman is Mormon and they don't believe in taking medications oh, and yeah. treating in that way so she was doing everything she could holistically um, finally opted for surgery and uh, one doctor said, when I'm looking at your chart, I I don't think you're going to be that happy with the result. So I would want to do a psyche eval before because I don't want you to sue me later. And she said, okay, thank you, doctor. And she <laughs> went to a different doctor, second opinion. The doctor said, sure, I'll do the surgery for you. So I went over to her house. I'm you know bringing her some magazines and some flowers and watching her on a, a, a cane the way that, you know, she, she, was like a little old lady hobbling around for about three months as she healed. So I'm still seeing her once a week. And after those three months after the surgery, pain was still there. Mm. It was just frustrating. And she was taking pain pills now, which it's not, you know, within her realm of what she wanted to do. So finally, she just never gave up. She kept asking for referrals and looking for deeper help. And she found this doctor who's an, a medical doctor and an emotional kinesiologist. And she went to his office. And he, this guy's like 86 years old at this time, <laughs> had been working for 40 years in the field. And he muscle tests her body. And he asked these questions. You know, is it nutritional? Is it the circuitry? Is it uh, something emotional? Is it physical? Her body said emotional. Mm. And then... She said, no, doctor, this can't be true. I'm driving around with these ice packs on my back. You know, obviously it's physical. And he said, okay, let's come back next week and see what your body says. So she comes back in a week. They do the same test. Her body says it's emotional. And he goes, what if we just kind of went down this path and we see what we can find and discover? And it turns out, and it's okay if I share this, and I haven't said her name, but she wrote a book on it. It's very public information. Um, it was stuff going on in her marriage. And mm. in the past, when she would speak up about things that were bothering her, it never worked well. It would end up in a bigger fight, a blow up. Things went worse, you know. So she just learned to shove things down and not speak up for herself. So in about three to six sessions with this doctor, just revealing the truth, alleviating mm. the, that pressure, like she's finally getting out what she had packed in for so long. Right. The pain went away completely. After oh. two years, within a few sessions, the pain's gone. So instantly, my eyes widen. I'm yeah. like, what is this? So you this felt a connection. I was like, this is incredible. How yeah. could this do that? And then the pain continued to be away. 
until some old pattern would appear. Like she started talking to her husband more, speaking out a little bit more, journaling a lot, talking with this doctor a lot. But she noticed when her old pattern would appear and she started shoving something down, her back would start burning like fire. So that became like her weak point. Wow. That was her check engine light. It's like it was, her system had been saying, hey, buddy, there's something wrong with your life. You're not addressing it. So we're just going to take the weak point in your body and we're going to just send off warning bells until you figure this out. Mm -hmm. And then once she addressed the true issue, pain went away. And as she started, you know, addressing that and, and letting it out, it didn't need to be there anymore. But then going back to the old pattern, it's like burning, burning, burning. Yeah. And then again, later on in life, when she needed to change her career because it was no longer suiting her, her back started burning again. And then once she changed her career, it stopped. That's How would a person even know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess it's through uh, mediums like this. You got to go but, see somebody. But you don't even know what's available or I what's know. out there. I mean, I, in my wildest yeah. dream, I would have never thought that the body, you ask the body a question right. and the body would respond in such a way that it could guide you to a better way. Right. That I mean, was what that I logically was logically make sense. That's what I was blown away with yeah. because I had my undergrad in psychology and I had my uh, master's degree in counseling. And I was like, why, why wasn't this available to me? And some of these modalities have been going on for 25 years, 30 years. So it seems like at least it would be a subgroup that they would catch on to because it's the subconscious that is controlling most things. So this is so important. Yeah. And what I found as a marriage and family therapist is there's resistance, there's denial, there's suppression, there's repression, there's ego. There's all these tricks the mind plays to keep us safe. So we go, oh no, it's not that. And so we end up going down the wrong direction for weeks and weeks or months and months. And that's not even the true issue. Mm -hmm. uh, when I went and saw that emotional kinesiologist myself, because we were having some problems, it, my, our daughter was showing the symptom in our family because my husband and I were fighting. So when the doctor said, you know, you guys need to come in, I was like, oh, shoot. And what was some underlying issue for me is me believing that I was lovable. And, um, and he, he, I would have bet, like, I felt pretty confident. I self-analyzed from the age of 12. I've done a lot of work and I'm in the realm of, you know, psychology and counseling. Like, no, I'm good. You know, I would have bet a million dollars, I believe. Of course I'm lovable. Yeah. Yes, I swear a million dollars. And he muscle tested my body and my body said no, collapsed. And then uh, he started questioning deeper, deeper, deeper. And he had all these, you know, deeper questions to ask. And what was at the bottom of that is like, it's like, it's dangerous to love you. And my body was like, yes. And everything went white in that session for me in that moment because he hit a pain point that was true. And then all of a sudden he goes, he goes, what's happening with you right now? And I touched my face and I said, water. And he goes, what's that called? And I was so disassociated. I was like crying. And that's how I knew that that was true because I would have bet a million dollars that the opposite were true. Yeah. But when he tested me and got to the depth of the real core issue, everything went white and tears came. And I don't cry easily at all. So when my body had that response, I knew it was true. And I was like, oh, crap. And then for, you know, we went on with some other faulty things that I had deeply buried. Mm -hmm. 
that I knew to be true once we announced them and muscle tested with my body. And then for about two weeks, my world was rocked because I said, I can't believe my mind because my mind was making up these stories like, oh, everything's fine. Of course Mm -hmm. I'm confident. And I thought in my marriage, I was like, if anyone's going to leave, it's me. And what my body said is like, you're scared to death. He might leave you. And that's what my, my body was like. Yep. And I was like, oh my God, I can't trust myself. I can't trust my mind. I can't trust my thoughts. This is so weird. And then after two weeks, it became very freeing because I thought, oh my gosh, I don't have to trust my mind anymore. And the mind tends towards what is negative and the mind makes up stories and the mind is planning and protecting all the time at all costs, trying to keep me safe. So then I thought, I'm free. I don't need to trust the mind anymore. And what I became to, to find a greater value in is the body because it often doesn't lie. I mean, when you ask people like, you know, did you go against your gut and has your gut ever steered you wrong? It's only when you go against your gut that you get into trouble. So the gut is so strong. When you listen to your heart, it, it doesn't steer you wrong. Now, someone else might not love you back, right. but you know yourself. If you follow your heart and you trust your gut and you listen to your body, I trust that so much more now than the mind. Did you ever... Did you ever find the answer to why you didn't know about this in school? No. Um, maybe they didn't know. Okay. Um, that's the only thing I can think of because in the books we learn about hypnosis. There's a way to access the subconscious and create changes. But I had never heard about these tools. So the ones that I practice are psyche, psychological kinesiology, and emotion code therapy. And both of those use the body as a muscle test to ask questions and get answers. So I don't know why. There, ha- but. I mean, I think the percentage is probably 100% of the people on this planet, with the exception of maybe the Dalai Lama, has the trauma mm-hmm. and is unable to properly process it. Right. So that means everybody's carrying around yes. something because yes. isn't trauma relative? Yes. Yes. Yeah, one little thing to one person could be a big thing to another person, and everyone has trauma. I've never met, I've never worked with a person when we say, Is there a trapped emotion that we can clear? Always is. There's never been a person yeah, that I goes, know. Nope. <laughs> Went to an age with them, I'm like, No, we're good. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, I forgot about that. Right. But so, how, how do we make an effort to be in, is it to be in more in control or mm-hmm. to listen more? Because you have to be listening in order to hear what the body is trying to tell you. Yes. Uh, Getting quiet with yourself. There's a technique where you could just sit on the floor. We talked about like a morning pattern, right? You Mm -hmm. get up in the morning, sit down on the ground. Sometimes I'll just put my back against the wall, sit cross-legged, close your eyes, get quiet with yourself for about 10 minutes. And you could scan your body and notice, you know, is there any tension in the body? Is there any pain in the body? Is there a symptom that's appearing or is, are you simply drawn to a place within your body? And I like to put highest self in charge, wisdom, self, super conscious, highest self. So that's kind of the backdrop when we do this exploration and you can say, if you're drawn to a certain area, you can say, okay, um, okay. I feel this tension in my neck. What's your name? And just see what appears. It could be someone's name. It could be your ex-spouse. Or it could be, uh, my name is uh, abandonment. My name is fear. 
My name is, I can't take this anymore. You know, like you could just do that inquiry. What it, What is it? And then you just wait a minute and you go, okay. Now is the name still the same or has it changed? And sometimes it'll like morph a little bit. Well, now I'm, I'm worried. Okay, what are you worried about? I'm worried about that presentation I did and I messed up and I think I might get fired at work, you know. Okay, is there anything deeper than that? You know, you can start to do some inner yeah. inquiry to get beyond a symptom, putting highest self in charge. If, if you believe in God, universe, source, you can ask for help. Right. Please show me, please reveal to me what this is. All of this requires slowing down. Mm -hmm. We don't live in a slow-paced society. We have things coming at us all the time. So you have to go against what is being presented to you on a daily basis. And so what you're saying is start your day. And since I've been with you, I haven't done it every day. But I do sit against the wall, and you gave me a couple of things mm-hmm. to chant awesome. out loud. And I have the piece of paper on the floor in the middle of my bedroom. Mm-hmm. It has been there since the day we met. Awesome. And I say those phrases over and over and over again. At least it's telling myself how I want to be, right? You know, um, remind me. Um, did we do a whole brain process when we were in session around that? And then the homework was just to kind of keep that somewhere where you can subconsciously see it. I can't remember if we ran out of time or if we did something around that. Usually I would have one sit with the legs crossed, the arms crossed, and we do a certain process until you notice a mental, emotional, or physical change. Yeah. Okay. So that was implanting that and embedding that within the subconscious. Okay. And sometimes we do that with visual cues, like what is your desired outcome? What is it that you want? You know, I want to be healed. I want my body to uh, be free. I want to feel amazing. I want limitless energy. So whatever it is that you want, mm-hmm. then we might say, uh, let's, let's create some mind movies about what that would look like in your life. When you're experiencing that, what does it look like? And then what does it sound like? What are other people saying about you? What do you say to yourself in your own mind? What, if you could describe it in one word, what would it feel like to have that energy to feel healed? Um, if that feeling has a color, a shape, a texture, um, if it has a temperature, what is it? So now we're informing the system of what we want it to do. If we have tumors all over our body, we want our body to go into healing mode and to be tumorless. We want to be, my body's healed. It's returned to the blueprint of perfection. So we're showing it what that looks like, sounds like, feels like. We're asking, are there any secondary gains? Like, is there anything bad that could happen if you attain this goal? For example, if someone's sick and they're getting a lot of attention, neighbors are bringing over casseroles, um, people are calling on the phone, maybe they hated their job and now they're on disability. So they're like, yeah, I get to stay at home. I don't have to go there. They're getting a lot of positive things from slowing down. Mm -hmm. Maybe they were burnt out. And this is the only way that their body could get them to rest. Yeah. So if they're getting a lot of these secondary gains, sometimes there's a reason the symptom is there. Mm -hmm. If they were to suddenly be miraculously healed, no more casserole, no more calls from family and friends. You have to go back to work. You have to burn yourself out again. Mm -hmm. Right? So we look at that in a session. And then we also look at, all right, what are some action steps you can take? To, if, if we're implanting this positive subconscious belief, and if we're getting rid of the emotional junk in the trunk that's causing it, 
Well, now we got to bridge it into your life. So let's come up with a few action steps. So at that point, you don't really need that piece of paper with those affirmations on it. We've already done the subconscious work. Okay. But sometimes it's nice like just to have that on the dashboard in the car or up on the mirror or or somewhere on your fridge because subconsciously it's there. I like it. It's a reminder. I like it. It's a re it's a re-trigger. Yeah. So it's kind of like if you go down that old thought pattern so many times, like those negative thought patterns or those ones that keep us stuck or sick. Right. We're creating fresh powder. We're creating a new pathway. Oh, I want new powder. Yeah. <laughs> and so we did that when we create a subconscious shift, we create that new neural pattern, that new neural pathway. Mm -hmm. And it's got some new little branches with those mind movies we just created. But the tendency is to go back into the old way. So maybe having that little visual there on the fridge or something, it just serves as a reminder. It's like an anchor. Well, because of that work we did. Yeah. Cause we're on a path yeah. and we have, sometimes that path isn't so hot. So we need to deviate a little bit in order to have resolve or peace and I think peace is hard to come by yeah. these days. And I think having those moments in the morning where you're really intentional about being quiet, mm -hmm. it's hard for me to do, to sit for 10 minutes mm -hmm. against the wall. I'm fidgety. I'm trying to keep my mind where it's supposed to be. It's a severe challenge, but I see that it's worth it. How does someone find you? If someone is listening to this and going, oh my, how do I get to this woman? How do they do that? <laughs> Go to rapidtransformationsessions.com and book a 30-minute consult. And I want to hear more about you. I want to know what you're experiencing specifically, mm -hmm. how long you've been experiencing it. I, I just want to hear where you're at, what your challenges are. And it's then the most gentle <clears throat> session you're so, um, just your, your way is so gentle that it just felt really good. And we spent a lot of time together yeah, we did. and it was just different, but really, really, um, I don't know, a kind of imperative in the whole process. Thank you for saying that. And yeah. you're on Instagram also, right? Yeah. So that one's uh, radical enlightenment and it's mm -hmm. radical underscore enlightenment. Okay. And we have a lot of little tips and tools on there. My husband and I, we teach uh, how to regulate your nervous system, some simple breathing techniques. We teach life insights, uh, inspirations to get you through your day, to get you to this more balanced place. And that's our goal is just to get people living a life that they love feeling good, feeling good, you know, connecting to yourself and determining what you need to do to live in alignment with yourself. And yeah. so many of us are living out of alignment. Yeah. And that's where I think these problems start to, to bud and occur. Have a good day. I know. It's as simple as that. You yeah. want to have a good day and yeah. some, you can't control that always, but you can at least try to balance your internal, I don't know, what is it? Your internal clock or your internal uh, attitude. Absolutely. And now like these tools are there now and we're coming up with more and more of these amazing healing transformation tools. And the most important thing is to not give up and to keep trying. Yes. And different people have different things that work for them. There's no one cure all. So I would say, don't give up, keep searching, keep trying. Um, this is a new horizon with this subconscious change and kinesiology, a way to access the body and to ask questions and to update the operating system. So to me, it's magic. 
And because we don't spend years in therapy going down the wrong path, we can get there really rapidly and make those adjustments quickly. So it's like one to eight sessions instead of years and years. Or I have a friend who's been in therapy for 10 years. And I said, does anything change? No, but I really like to go talk. So, I mean, yeah, it's nice to be heard, but that's the thing. It's like, you can, you can gain insights and awareness, but then what are you going to do with that? Right. Right. We want to get in there and create a shift and make a change Mm -hmm. that lasts and that matters. Mm -hmm. And your body already holds the answers. It really does. We're just asking it for hints to help us figure out what the heck is going on so that we can make those adjustments to heal. I mean, who would have ever thought that the body has a way to respond? I know. Uh, Maybe not, you know, by verbal cues without consciously telling your body to do that. It just does it. We know now. It's fascinating. Now we know now. (laughs) It's fascinating. It is amazing. We can't thank you enough. I mean, honestly, thank you for your time. Thank you for just uh, introducing something new to the platform. This is, I mean, it may not be new to a lot of people, but to a whole lot of people it is. So we will definitely have all of your information and we will pass it along, spread the word because uh, it's really been quite an experience. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to talk to both of you. And I love to answer any questions that people have. So we'll definitely put links where, um, you know, people can reach out and if you have any questions or comments or want more information about the work and, and how it works. I love to, to share that with people. Yeah. Okay, you got it. Fantastic. Absolutely. We will get it out there. All right. Thanks, Thank you guys, you, so much.